Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite or least favorite celebrities. Normally, our episodes focus on a scandal that happened outside of the workplace, but this episode is all about the stars that have been given the kiss of death, the label of difficult to work with. Mm. I'm your host, Jose, and joining me today is my co-host and best friend, Katrina Rochelle, who is also a little bit difficult to work with. Whoa! (laughs) Why you come at me like that? (laughs) Just stating facts here. Man, we all know who's the real diva. I, I was <laughs> we already know. I was thinking of that between us, who's the more difficult one to work with. I think it is me. Like I would say I could be a little like let's say I could be Rihanna. You're Mariah Carey. Yes. <laughs> That's where I, we are on the diva scale. I totally see that. <laughs> I just expect perfection. <laughs> I thought I thought she was a rapper. <laughs> love it. I actually love watching Mariah Carey's interviews or little shadiness moments. Yeah, she is good. So today we're doing the stars difficult to work with. As of 2021, Alan Pompeo is the sixth highest paid actress on TV. This is thanks to the hit show Grey's Anatomy. But what happens to the TV doctors on there that are diagnosed with the title, difficult to work with? Alan Pompeo will not be the subject of today's episode, but two of her former co-stars will be. Today, we'll be discussing Catherine Hagel and Isaiah Washington. Uh, (laughs) I just want to give some commentary. (laughs) While their workplace scandals are different, they do end the same way with their starlight being dimmed and a decade living off the crumbs of their former career. Ooh. <laughs> Isaiah Washington was born August 3rd, 1963. That makes him a Leo. And mm. honestly, he just streams Leo energy. So it makes sense. <laughs> I can see that. Yes. <laughs> he is actually the fourth Isaiah Washington. His dad was the third Isaiah Washington. And now he does have a son who is the fifth Isaiah Washington. So it is like a family name. I do kind of like that. I wouldn't want that, but I like it. (laughs) I do like it. It's like a legacy. Mm -hmm. Isaiah has legally changed his name somewhat. It is still Isaiah Washington, but he says it's not spelled correctly like the Bible. So now it is I-S-A-I-A-H instead of I-S-I-A-H. So. Just that man's a, a damn rebel. <laughs> so just a little difference. Lock him up. Sadly, his father was murdered when Isaiah was only 13. In an interview with, I think it's Tron. It's C-H-R-O-N.com. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got most of his early life information from. He says he heard about his father, father being murdered on the TV news. Damn. I didn't find any information about his father's murder, so I don't know if it was solved or what were the circumstances around that. Mm-hmm. In high school, he was an athlete, and he hoped to get a scholarship for being an athlete, but he didn't. So he joined the Air Force and went to Howard University to study theater. He started getting small roles and sought out director Spike Lee after seeing his film, She's Gotta Have It. Washington says, quote, I saw Spike Lee like a stalker. I'd follow his car wherever he was. I'd toss my photo and my resume in his car. In 1993, he finally met Spike Lee and appeared in some of his movies, Crooklyn in 1994, Plotters in 1995, 
and get on the bus in 1996. I support Kirkland. I don't know about the mother two, but Kirkland's bomb. <laughs> 100% was raised on that one. He was still getting roles, but Washington claims he refused to cut his hair and that he had it twisted and he had facial hair and he just refused to change. Yeah, he had locks for a little a little while in his career because he was in Love Jones and he had locks. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, speaking about Love Jones, Washington claims the producer of Love Jones wanted him to cut his hair. And Washington to- told him, quote, you can put me on a plane and I can go home or you can get out of my trailer and let me go to work. <laughs> like I said, Leo Energy. I like it. Also, if you've watched Love Jones, um, what, what what style was he going to have him cut his hair? Because as much as a lot of people, including me, love Lorenz Tate, Lorenz Tate's afro was heavily lacking in Love Jones. Like, nobody had a proper cut. It, it, like, man, <laughs> if he, he needed to keep them locked. Somebody had a proper hairdo in there. And Washington's whole point was to prove to, like, Hollywood, like... Black men can have this type of hairstyle. Yeah, I do like that he's supporting like actual freedom of your hair. Like being an actor shouldn't depend on your hair unless it is specific to that character, which most time hair isn't. That's where I was about to say. On one hand, I get him wanting to have like more black hairstyles. And I see the point where he's going coming from. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he is an actor and they are known for their looks like you know, this could be seen as difficult to work with right here. Yeah, but you got to look at the deeper reason, like why? If it's not a character that depends heavily on a physical aspect, what? why does the hair have to be changed? Why does it need to be cut? Why can't they, why can't Black actors use their natural hair? And then the thing is also you have people when they do decide to use their, their actual hair, or if they have to wear wigs, you have people on the set who don't properly know how to do it. So you get screwed either way. At least Very let me true. do what I want to do. But yeah, I, I understand have, having it both ways. But I feel like if it's not a absolute must, um, tweaking on things like hair, I think is a, um, you just trying to be a hard ass sometimes. And it's kind of like a normal day life when people say oh we're typical black hairstyles are not professional you know like quote professional yeah that's crazy as hell yeah either way you look at it washington claims he started being typecast so he decided to start auditioning for tv shows and back then 2005 ish i think tv still wasn't looked like if you're a tv actor it still wasn't looked that good upon like nowadays Like nowadays, you know, you have the big stars, they're doing TV Uh because of Netflix and HBO and all that. But back then, I feel like the whole goal was to become a movie star. Yeah, there there was a tier, um, a tier list in in Hollywood and movie stars are at the top and movie star. I mean, TV stars are not at the bottom, but they're not as high as movie stars, of course. Yes. And so I think already he's being typecast and he's now moving to... TV that he's starting to earn that difficult to work with title. Mm. And so he did audition for the role of Derek Shepard on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, he was trying to kiss on AP. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He did not get the role. 
Oh, what? <laughs> but he was offered the role of Dr. Preston Burke in 2005. I mean, so he now- got the better co-star deal, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, you know. Alan Pompeo said to the New York Post in 2013 that Shonda Rhimes really wanted Washington to be Alan Pompeo characters, Meredith's boyfriend. But well, we being- know that Sandra, Chandra, she loves the swirl in her projects. Well, actually, it was Alan who said being in an interracial relationship in real life. It's she said, not again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be kissing a black man at home and at work. <laughs> Alan says, quote, I said I wanted that Dempsey kid. I think that once Isaiah did not get the role, it backfired. Give me some of them small lips. <laughs> Before we go more into his scandal, let's page our other TV doctor, Catherine Hadrill. Catherine, or she does by Katie in real life, was born November 24th, 1978, making her a Sagittarius. Oh, she didn't make the Scorpio cut. And I've always had a soft spot for Sagittarius's. Really? I don't know. Not one Sagittarius except for now. Oh, my sister used to be one. and Not used to be. Did she find out her <laughs> birthday was a different date? No, she's just dead to me. And... Oh, <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you meant. I cannot stand you. And my sister-in-law is one. And my favorite nephew is one. Your sister-in-law. Oh, your sister-in-law. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Okay, I do know some Sagittarius. <laughs> she was a child model starting at age nine and assumed got into acting, mostly doing commercials. Sadly, Katie's older brother did die in 1986. He was thrown from the back of a pickup truck and was declared brain dead. Oh my gosh, that's a horrible way to go. Yes. The family donated his organs and it really stuck with Katie. And later she had spoken about, out about the importance of organ donation. Mm, that's interesting. Before 2005, and I, I'm just going to keep referring to her as Katie because me and her, we're, we're cool. <laughs> okay, talk about Katie. Before 2005, Katie did have some small roles here and there. One of them being Jade in the movie Bride of Chucky. I, I, I did see that. I know. I used to love Bride of Chucky, and, and I don't know if I knew it and just forgot or if I didn't pay attention, but I've seen that movie hundreds of times, and I was so surprised learning that that was her in it. You know, it was uh, after a few years of Grey's Anatomy being on. I think somebody mentioned that. And then I had rewatched it or I had the chance to rewatch Bride of Chucky. And I was like, oh, she sure enough is in this bitch. Yeah, because I've seen Bride of Chucky after I've watched Grey's Anatomy. And I've, I just don't know if I remember it was her or not. You was just blocking her ass out. You was all <laughs> about the Chucky and Tiffany. Jennifer Tilly, yeah. Yeah, you didn't care about nothing else. So now we are back to 2005. Katie is playing Dr. Isabel, Isabel Stevens, and Isaiah Washington is playing Dr. Preston Burke. I think these roles are what they are most known for. They are part of the main cast, and it is their eventual downfall. Uh-huh. So Isaiah is the first to fall. Oh, and did he fall? <laughs> I got this timeline from usmagazine.com. Around October 2006, there is talk that something happened on the set of Grey's Anatomy. It is speculated that it was between Patrick Dempsey, who plays Derek Shepard, and Isaiah Washington. Katie is on the Ellen show, and she just says, it was just a little burst of testosterone, kind of downplaying the situation. Mm -hmm. I could not find the clip, but it was reported from Us Madison. 
it's so complicated in the story, right? Because just like if someone at your job got into a fight, you're going to hear so many different stories. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, Washington used the F word, homophobic slur for a gay man. For G? <laughs> so T.R. Knight, who played George, was not out as a gay man yet. He would later say hearing Washington say the F word gave him the courage to come out as gay, or I would say force him. Yeah, it was kind of like after that shit happened, it was like, I ain't even gonna lie, my dumb teenage self was looking at George like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like I had some room, but I was like, yeah, yeah, you definitely wasn't on Cali the way you, you needed to be. <laughs> so the story is becoming Washington called Night the F-word. So in January 2007, the cast of Grace are backstage at the Golden Globes, and Chandra Rhymes, the creator, is answering questions, and they ask her about it. Yep. Oof. And Oof. Washington comes forward to the mic and says, no, And takes the mic! Call. Yes, and he says, no, I did not call TR a F-word. But he says it. And Chandra does this nervous laugh, and the rest of the cast just looks so awkward. Bro, and then I remember exactly when that shit happened. I was so dedicated to Grey's Anatomy. I was watching everything. I was watching the, the award shows. I was watching when they went on Oprah. I was watching everything. I couldn't believe he said that shit. Everybody did look, they didn't know what the fuck to say after that. No. And then Shonda says, I think some things are being reported to the press that are just not true. Before I clear up the story a little, I think Chandra and the creators were willing to bury this incident. It happened behind closed doors, but Washington now saying it on mic, on camera, where the whole world is going to see it. He kind of dug his own grave. Mm-hmm. That night, Katie tells Access Hollywood, I'm going to be really honest right now. He just needs to not speak in public, period. I'm sorry. That did not need to be said. I'm not okay with it. Hold on. Uh, here's my problem, though with little Katie and a lot of other people is that did they say that to Isaiah? I, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't like when, I mean, if he, he was wrong, ain't nobody, you ain't gonna never tell, you ain't gonna never get me to say he was right in saying that publicly, whether he said it privately or not, it was just not the time. It was not the place. It wasn't a good look, but I can't stand when a co-star want to get on these interviews and talk to people and be like, Man, I'm just be honest. I didn't like how that was, but I know you didn't say nothing to his face. Though I think Katie did so. Did she? Yeah, because Tr has said some comments like, you know, she stuck up for me and stuff oh, like that. Dang, so. Tr was in the corner. I can't yeah. believe Isaiah had Tr in the corner and Katie standing in front of him. <laughs> so Tr says Washington referred to me as an F word. Everyone heard it. June mm. 2007. It is announced Washington will no longer be on the show. July 2007, Washington goes on Larry King Live and opens up about the situation. He says the argument started because Patrick Dempsey was late and was late to the set and they started to argue. And Washington tells Dempsey, quote, I don't need Ellen. I can act. Referring to Pompeo, not DeGeneres. (laughs) (laughs) What? This really upsets Dempsey and he gets real close to Washington's face and He says Dempsey became unhinged in this argument. And Washington said, there's no way you're going to treat me like a bitch. There's like a pussy or like a F word. So Mm. I've seen some places reported as you're not going to treat me 
like an F word like TR or I'm not an F word like TR, like something like that. I ain't gonna lie, uh, especially as people of color, we love to say you ain't gonna treat me like so and so. (laughs) We do, (laughs) we love a little call out. (laughs) Yeah, so he could have said, I'm not an F word like TR. Either way, I just want to take a pause on that before we we roast on uh, Isaiah some more. Um, he he was kind of right. Tell me when you saw Patrick Dempsey do a good acting scene with somebody he wouldn't make an out with. <laughs> I mean, Patrick can only act if his lips is on somebody else. That's why I know he was cheating on his wife. He was all up on the woman's mouth. <laughs> Yeah, he was right on that one. Cause pre- I won't lie, even though he 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 fucked up and said all that shit, Isaiah Washington is a good ass actor. He I, was he was great in all his scenes, whether it was with Christina, uh, Bailey, Izzy, George, and that's what's so fucked up is because uh, Preston and George had that little mini relationship uh-huh. friendship in grade. So I was like, damn, that's fucked up. But yeah, he he was right about that. Patrick ain't he ain't got no acting skills for real, for real. He just cute. He's cute, and he'd be making out with all the girls. Oh. Shots fired. coming from you, yeah. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Call me Yosemite Sam. So we are not 100% done with Washington yet, but just to stay in chronological order, we are going to move back to Katie. Catherine Hador at this time is still on Grey's Anatomy, but she is blossoming into a movie star. I feel like she played the girl next door type, nice little blonde lady. Mm-hmm. She got in, like, Never mind. Let me shut up. I, I, I've been drinking. I'll say something real, <laughs> real left. <laughs> so in 2007, Katie actually won the Emmy for portraying Izzy Stevens. Mm-hmm. But in 2008, she was not happy with her character and withdrew herself from the nominations. She said, quote, I did not feel that I was given the material this season to warrant an Emmy nomination and an effort to maintain the integrity of the Academy organization. I withdrew my name from contention. A few weeks later, Shonda claims she wrote the back half of season four light for Catherine so she could do her movie. Mm-hmm. So first of all, she was just doing too much. You didn't even have to say all that. It sounds like that she wanted to cause some uproar because why did you call the writers out like that? Especially knowing that it was a year that you you had some other things to be done. Even if you felt like that, I publicly was not the move unless she was trying to get out of that contract. And then. Number two. I forgot number two. <laughs> oh, shit. I heard- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I. What do you mean the integrity of the Academy? First of all, Steve Carell never won an Emmy for The Office. And Jim Parsons <laughs> won like 28 for The Big Bang Theory. So you ain't telling me about no goddamn integrity of the Academy. If you don't just shut the hell up and either not nominate yourself or not put yourself up there, it, it sounds like she wanted to get out that job. Well, okay. So we're about to get into that a little. So that, we, was, okay, that, <laughs> that was 2008. So she doesn't actually leave Grey's Anatomy until 2010, March 2010. And it was reported she wasn't happy during that time. She wanted out. She was labeled a diva. Mm-hmm. I've seen some places say Katie did not come to work the last day and didn't get a proper send off, but that is a legend. I mean, the last season of her character sucked too. They really made you not like her, even though she was the one suffering. Alan Pompeo had this to say in 2013. 
I think it sums it up pretty well. Quote, you could understand why she wants to go when you're offered 12 million a movie and you're only 26. But Katie's problem is that she should not have renewed her contract. She re-upped, took a big raise, and then tried to get off the show. And then her movie career did not take off. <laughs> what, Pompeo? <laughs> oh, shit, I love her. Come on, say how it is. And I think her movie career did not take off for the same reason. Katie talked bad about Knocked Up, saying it painted women as shrews and is a little sexist. She yeah, says 98% of it was amazing experience, but it was hard to love the movie. And I'm paraphrasing here. If you want to find the full quote, it's in Vanity Fair. That was a terrible move. First of all, it was like, first, have you not seen any Seth Rogen or Judd Apatow productions that you did not know what type of comedy arena you were opening up yourself to and then number two what is up with her thinking she gonna keep trashing her bosses and end up coming out the fire (laughs) just sparkling new (laughs) you just can't be shitting on tv writers and then leaving going to movies shitting on your movie writers and then still thinking that people want to work with you and i didn't put this in my notes but Either Seth Rogen or whatever, what's his name, Judd Apatow? Apatow. Apatow. One of them said it, like, she improvised a lot of her scenes. So, like... Oh, so if they they were shitty, it was your fault. Yeah, they didn't get where she was coming from. They only heard good things from her, and then she goes and does, says that. Yeah, and you get the script, so you know what the movie's going to look like before you go there. And I'm thinking that um, it's just, she must have just been out for, I don't know. Honestly, I can't even paint her in a corner on this one. I think it was just a dumb move, honestly, and she underestimated how bad it would look on her. I kind of feel like the Emmy win got to her head, and she's like, oh, I need to be a serious actress. This is below me. This is below me. It's like, you're doing the work. You're the one signing up for this. Mm-hmm. So 2010, she leaves Grace, And from there, she has some movies, but not her big hits. Like Knocked Up was out. Um, 27 Dresses like was already being released around the time Vanity Fair article came out. And people like that. That's a shitty movie too. It's trash. Hate it. Don't like it. Ugh. What the fuck? Why you got so many dresses? Why you always surprise me? Why you ain't a bride? Why nobody wants you? What? No. But when they dance on this bar and they see Benny and the Jets. <laughs> does, that, does that scene just get you? It does. And I actually, okay. I did not plan to watch the movie, but I did watch it. And I actually really do like it. Really? You're not the only person in my life who likes 27 dresses. Sometimes <sighs> I just look up the Benny and the Jets scene. That's a shame. Why do I have to have people like you in my life? <laughs> But this is where, you know, that was it. That was her going downhill because of what she said. In 2014, Shonda does bring back Washington for another episode, saying it was important to the story. She says, I feel strongly and fully believe in people's ability to grow and change and learn from their mistakes. And goes on to say more, like he can change and they all love him around there and blah, blah, blah. And then a few years later, he came out as a Trump supporter. You are ruining my timeline. (laughs) You can cut that out. I was just saying that. That's funny that she literally said, people can change. (laughs) This man was like, psych. (laughs) 
Also in 2014, Shonda says she has a rule about no hydros on set and she doesn't put up with bullshit or nasty people. <gasps> That's no hydros on set? This bitch came, uh, became a bad connotation? Katie came back with, quote, I'm sorry she feels that way and I wish her nothing but greatness and I have nothing negative to say about Shonda. I'm a big fan of her work. I watch Scandal every week. I'm sorry she's left with such a trappy impression of me. I wish I could do something to change that. Maybe I will someday. I'm so sorry that she has a negative impression based off the things that I said and the way that I talked about my experience. Maybe one day I'll, you know, apologize or try to do better. (laughs) I feel it's so funny how Shonda talks about these two people so differently. And and I wonder why. (laughs) Because I think she was willing to bury everything with Washington. Like she was not going to fire him, but the higher ups said he had to go. Well, especially after the Golden Globes. Like yes. it seemed like ever even the network, because I feel like the network had to be alerted if a fight like that happened on set. And so everybody was prepared for no nothing to change. Cause this was the year I like I said, obsessed with the show. This was like their run where they were winning every fucking award. They were winning the Golden Globes. They were winning the SAGs. They were winning the Emmys. So they did not want to fuck this up. This was the prime Grey's Anatomy years where it wasn't just a a dramedy or soap opera-ish. It was an actual dramatic TV show. Yes. And so they were trying to keep their cash cow uh high with the critics, high with the audiences, and they liked the cast. The cast had chemistry. But when they when he fucked it up publicly in front of media, like literally they did that in front of the media, it was just like a donor. The incident got out, him saying it publicly made it more of a forefront in everybody's mind that, yeah, this most definitely probably happened. Whereas Katherine Heigl went out of her way to shit on the show. Poor Katie. Catherine Heigl <laughs> diarrheaed all over that shit. She did. In 2018, friend of the podcast, Monique, talks about Isaiah Washington on her podcast, Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Hey. Somehow, some way, they got an email from someone saying Washington was being blackballed and was thrown under the bus to kind of save Patrick Dempsey. And maybe. So maybe it was boiled down to Dempsey versus Washington. But the end of at the end of the day, I do believe Washington called TR the F word. And yeah, because you could fight fire with fire. If Dempsey says something on that level or worse, that would have definitely could have got out. Like uh, Isaiah would have been like, yeah, they talking about me. But what about what he said or some? It could have leaked out. But if Isaiah was the only one dropping slurs, then, yeah, you're going to be the one. You're going to be the chosen one, sir. And in the email. It says the network said that Washington could not star on the TV show, The Catch, which Shonda was an executive producer of. So she wanted him to. Monique tries to defend Washington and she's saying a lot, but she's not saying anything at all. And when I say (laughs) that, I mean, nothing that changes the Washington circumstances. You know, she brings a lot of good, valid points here and there, but it's like, she's not really saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's just talking to Sydney, who she's like, and read this daddy and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's such a say it again, I, say it again, Jose. Say it slower. <laughs> it's just such an awkward like listening to them talk. I 
I get I, what you're saying, and I, I've heard why they do it, and I understand it, but yeah, I'm just not one of those people who likes hearing that. I hate I, that. I don't mind one here and there, but it's like everything she says, she's like, yes, daddy. Yes, baby. Yes, sweetie. Yes, honey. It's like, can can you just like not, you know, say a pet name every time? Oh. Um, On November 16, 2020, so just recently, uh-huh. Washington tweeted out a picture of Katie saying, this woman once proclaimed I should never be allowed to speak publicly again. <laughs> the world agreed with her proclamation back then and protested for my job and my head in 65 languages. I wish I was on Twitter in 2007 because I would never stop exercising my free speech, which if you recall, oh, that was that a quote, <laughs> which if you recall, she was talking about Washington calling TR the effort. So uh-huh. maybe he should not speak publicly. Why did he wait so many fucking years <laughs> and then you going to put this back talking white woman <laughs> on your social media talking about this is the one who caused all this strife behind me saying those trash ass words of mine like what y'all are both wrong and now you look even creepier for bringing it up all this time with a picture of her yeah okay i you know, I always have to do my research and go through their Twitter and go through like different things. Mm-hmm. So I was going through his Twitter and he is still retweeting stuff like Birch and have got fired or Isaiah Washington should have got fired or, you know, it's like, it's been so long, dude. Just let it go. I, He's very I mean, angry about it still. Very raw emotion to him. I would be upset if you robbed me of time with Sandra O oh as well. <laughs> I would not want to have left that job. I would have wanted to get married. You know, have some have some Blasian babies of our own and teach them trumpet. So I can see how he is bereft <laughs> with that loss of his. Where are they now, you ask? Well, Washington has appeared in some shows and in the show P-Valley. Mm-hmm. He has also come out as a Trump supporter, a believer in QAnon, and mm-hmm. supporting the claims that 5G causes COVID. And you better not see his ass on a cell phone. <laughs> He also seems to rewrite history. He is now the victim of this whole situation. Katie seems to be on the uptick as well. Most recently, Firefly Lane on Netflix. I think she comes off more apologetic. And while they both want to put that difficult to work with label behind them, I feel she is more apologetic and learned a lesson. And he seems to be, he seems to have grown a martyr complex. Yeah, it. I. the thing is, he, I mean, he's still getting work being a, a Trump supporter who, is upset about being fired from Grey's Anatomy over 10 years ago. So, I mean, he's okay, but definitely Catherine is going to rise higher out of this. Yeah, and I would never say, like, someone should not be hired just because they're a different political party than me. No, I just know that you want to represent what he represents, so that just makes me look down further of you in in your personal life he, like i said he's still a great actor he's great at p valley but i just don't like him personally i watch p valley and a dead or, Ka- or katie i just want that to be known i don't like katie either this ain't all about <laughs> isaiah i don't like neither one of them katie's just so nice <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know because when i watch p valley i don't know if i knew it was Preston Burke on there, Isaiah Washington. 
it did take me three episodes. I had to see his name in the credits. I could not tell either. I don't know. Um, so I think they both have a comeback in store. It's been a decade. Like, and their scandals aren't that bad. Like, he said the F word. Like, yes, it's bad. But there's so much more worse out there that we've covered that's out there. The, and y'all, know. some of y'all's favorite celebrities ain't even apologize after saying it. Where he kind of apologized and he kind of took his apology back. And we know people who are still saying it. Uh-huh. During my research for all this, I saw a book called How to Save a Life, talking about the behind-the-scenes thing about Grace Anatomy. And it is coming out the 24th, the 21st, which is like four days away. So I already pre-ordered it. And maybe I'll do a bonus episode because I've been reading, like, you know, you know how they always release a little bit. It's supposed to have like Patrick Dempsey, like more of how he was a terror on set or something. So. I was just about to bring it up. I was like, yeah, I just heard that. So uh, maybe you're not alone, Isaiah, but don't mean that you was right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all for my people. Do you think they have a comeback? I think you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, they both have a comeback. If they both just shut the hell up about that Grey's Anatomy thing so people can move on and forget, they definitely will come back because they're both good actors. Um, Katie, just based off who she is, being a pretty uh, white woman who is apologetic about her past behavior, she is definitely going to get farther. Whereas you have Isaiah Washington, uh, a darker black man who's not as apologetic and still um leaning towards counter what is it called counter views but he's standing his ground he's just not ever going to have mainstream success like that but if he's happy that he gets to do the things he wants to do support the things he wants to support and say what he wants to say then all power to him but he yeah he's just not going to be on the same level but he's definitely still going to get roles yes i agree um I guess you can go now. No, no, this episode's over. Okay. <laughs> okay, so keeping up with the theme of uh, quote-unquote difficult actors or actresses uh, to work with, I am choosing Janet Hubert. Um, if you don't know her by Janet Hubert, you might know her as Aunt Viv. Original. The OG, the first one, yes. Uh she was the first uh, Aunt Viv of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, with Janet, we'll be asking and giving our specific or giving our opinions on these specific questions, which is who is she? You know, her background, how she got started, what happened to her via Fresh Prince, her leaving the show or getting fired and was she mistreated or was this deserved? All right. And then eventually we'll get to the what now? What's she doing? Okay. Interesting. Love it. Jenna Louise Hubert was born January 13th, 1956 in Chicago, Illinois. She was raised in Momnitz, Illinois, if I'm saying that correctly. And that would make Miss Hubert a esteemed, beautiful, talented Capricorn, Ooh, such as myself. Capricorn. You know, as Capricorns, just, I mean, you know. It's just in us. It's it's within us. And the company with Paula Dean and Rachel Hollis. Like I said, Janet, though. <laughs> Janet is the one we're focusing on. I don't know those other two. 
1974, Janet graduated high school and received a scholarship to Juilliard in New York City. As you know, Juilliard is a prestigious uh, performing arts college. She eventually, uh, she attended, but eventually decided to drop out, not completing her studies fully. So uh, Janet's career kind of began on Broadway, or you would say off-Broadway. She studied dancing and singing, um, but she uh, did some tours of some productions. And then her big break in Broadway was in 1981, and it was a musical called The First. It was based, uh, it was a musical based around Jackie Robinson. The following- Was she Jackie? No, they don't. Say, I didn't see what her part was, but no, she definitely wasn't Jackie. Uh, this is 1981. Like I said, the following year in 1982, Janet was in the original production of Cats, which I thought was interesting. That is very interesting. Um, I never watched Cats, the musical or watched that terrible, creepy um, adaptation, but I could appreciate it for what it was when it was at least on Broadway. So hearing that she is, um, she's a very talented actress and she's very uh, known for her singing and her dancing. I thought it was great that she was in a original production of such a famous and esteemed uh, musical because Cats is one of the longest running shows like ever. Yeah. Do you happen to know what her role was? Uh, she played Tantum, Tantomile or Tantamile. I feel like I don't, I'm not saying it right, but I didn't watch it. She you know, Tim- I asked that and I've never seen cats. So I don't even know. You know what? The funny thing is, I was like, you're 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 stepping on my lines, and I know you ass ain't watched it, but I let you I let you go because you were leading me in the direction. <laughs> you know, do you happen to know what I, I just want to know because I had favorite characters. I was ready for you to say something, <laughs> knowing you couldn't. Uh, but she also understudied for the roles Grizabella and Demeter. That's the only uh, one I know, Grizabella. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know who any of the actresses were in Cats playing any of these roles, except for Grizabella. Jennifer Hudson ended up playing Grizabella in the movie adaptation. That's the only reason I know that, yeah. <laughs> so she stayed with Cats, the Cat Broadway production, for a year. And then in 1983, she moved on to a musical called Sophisticated Ladies, which was a musical based on the music of Duke Ellington. She went on to have uh, parts in small TV movies and bit parts in shows like 21st Jump Street and Tales from the Crypt. But in 1990 came one of her biggest roles and her biggest role to date, which is Aunt Viv, Vivian Banks for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Interesting. So even though the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was her big, great new start, the ending, unfortunately, would not be the same. So everyone else on the cast had either a little experience or a very extensive experience in acting. Uh, Will Smith did not. At this point, he is a rapper. Um, He's known as his stage name, the Fresh Prince. Um, but he, this was his first acting job. Also, as uh, he was in real life and on set, Will Smith was known to be like a bit of a clown to ham it up on set in front of or behind the cameras. So the same year Fresh Prince came on the scene, Hubert got married to a man named James Whitten. 
So when you fast forward to season three, 1993, Janet is pregnant with her son, Elijah Isaac Witten. There have been tension on the set and it had been rumored that maybe Smith and Hubert didn't get along the best, but this is three seasons in they're together. Everything's fine. Yes. But, but apparently business was not business as usual. So after season three is shotted and dotted, it was apparently time for contract negotiations. Her new contract set out for her is apparently 10 weeks of work, two months and two weeks, and uh, like a legal binding promised contract that she is not to work for anyone else. She was also getting a reduced salary, even though she had asked for a $5,000 increase. And they were also uh, potentially reducing the number of episodes she was going to be in. Hmm. So her and her agent see this contract, see this deal. Both of them are like, this is unacceptable, especially, especially Janet, knowing what she brings to the table and what she wanted. So they say no. It's definitely a slap in the face. Yeah. And her agent even says, well, yeah, they'll be back. So she says no to this. NBC doesn't come back, basically, which I this is what I thought when I heard this story. So there's tension on the set with Aunt Viv and the star of the show. The show is a hit and they love it all. And they and they love the show and they want to keep the chemistry and everything the same. They they wanted to blow up and all this other stuff. But now with contract negotiations, the power goes back to the network and what they're willing to offer and hopefully you take. So they give her this paltry deal as a way to either force her into this role or a way to force her out. Because that's what I'm thinking. The show's a hit. It's a new contract. She's asking for $5,000 more. And instead, you give her a reduced salary, reduced episodes, and you're telling her that she cannot have, she can't have a contract with anybody else for, I'm guessing, a year or two or however long this contract is, even though she's only set to work for 10 weeks and she's a living, working actress. I thought that was crazy. And so when you always hear about contract negotiations with actors and actresses, especially in big shows, even if they turn down the, the first offer or whatever you give them, I've never heard of afterwards the network just not coming back and saying, we'll, we'll just get somebody new. We'll just recast you. It, yeah, it kind of seems like they wanted her out. Yeah, it's, it, I feel like either they wanted her out or they forced her hand to be like, yeah, you won't really work for us, work for us. Her agent said they would be back, which is usually what happens, but this is time it didn't happen. The common misconception was that Janet Hubert was fired. And if you look at the connotation of what fired means, it sounds like you didn't know what you were doing. You were bad at your job. You were unprofessional. So when you hear somebody say that somebody got fired, you wouldn't want to work with them. You would feel like they were a problem. Yeah, I've, I thought she was fired. And me too, until I did this damn research. Ain't that something? I didn't even know she was fired, even though this had been kind of cleared up years prior. It just still seems like the common misconception is that she was fired. I've always heard she was fired because she wanted to be like the star of the show. Being fired is not a good look. Uh, and being labeled difficult by the star of the show that you left certainly doesn't help. And that's exactly what happened. 
like I said, Janet Hubert was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from 1990 to 1993. That was three years, three seasons. After the contract negotiations fell out and she essentially left um, the show, they parted ways, however they like to make it sound. In 1993, on a radio show in Atlanta, Will Smith says, uh, he's quoted as saying, I can say straight up that Janet Hubert wanted the show to be the Aunt Viv of Bel Air show because I know she is going to dog me in the in the press. She, I know, right? She has basically gone from a quarter of a million dollars a year to nothing. She's mad now, but she's been mad all along. She said once, I've been in this business for 10 years and this snotty nose punk comes along and gets a show. No matter what, I'm the Antichrist. So I huh. feel... I feel mixed about this quote because here's what I really, I really do see Janet Huber calling him a snotty nosed punk, but I feel like that's a quote that could be taken out of context. Cause why would Janet out of nowhere is just on set calling Will Smith, a snotty, a snotty nosed punk. Yeah. Could she have been, um, what's the word? Provoked. Provoked. Thank you. Because she had been provoked. Was there an argument? Was there a misunderstanding? And also, he is really piling the shit on her. Not only did he label her as difficult when she left the show, but he's also kind of stereotyping her as a mad black woman. Saying, yeah, she's oh, been she, mad. She first of all, you call, you're calling her a broke mad black woman. She went from uh, a quarter of a million dollars a year to nothing, and she's mad now. But she's been mad. Like, who wants to hear? Even if that's how you feel, I feel like as to down a black woman like that who's already left your show, who at this time hadn't really said anything too uh, direct towards Will Smith. I felt like it was very wrong for him to come out guns a blazing like that at her. And it kind of really did fuck up her, her reputation because Will Smith is the, uh, is a huge star on the TV show. And he is now expanding out into movies. His his reach is only getting further and hers is shrinking. Yeah, like he exactly. definitely I feel like he definitely knew what he was doing, whether he was young or not. It, it was really a provoked attack of her character and her reputation. And, and it I don't seemed know, personal. I don't know how much they changed when, you know, for the script. But after she left, the new Aunt Viv did not have that much of a role. She was more like a Stepford wife while the old just, Aunt Are we just about to get into that? No, no, no. Keep talking about Okay. Them. Like the old Aunt Viv had storylines. She had good storylines. She you know, my favorite is when she does that freaking dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the new one, I can't even remember one storyline that she had. I don't know if she did have one. She was there to say, oh, Phil and, you know, oh, Will. I'm like, that's it. Like, she didn't really say anything. Yes, that's exactly. First of all, I told my mother asked me who who was who was the subject I was covering tonight. And I told her it was Janet. And she basically said the same thing. She said that Janet Hubert, and and not only my mother, but this is kind of like the universal agreement. And this is not to shun or look down upon Daphne Maxwell-Reed, because she's a great actress and I do love her, but it just wasn't the same. No, My mother was like, she brought professionalism. She brought like a character, a strong woman character to the show 
who made you laugh, but was actually a mother figure and had a presence. Whereas, like you said, Daphne, the second Aunt Viv was more as a, she was supposed to be a part of the ensemble. It was getting where you fit in. Yeah. And I, like you said, we're not trying to shit talk her. I just don't think she was written lines. (laughs) Like she Mm -hmm. really, she was just standing there most of the time. I would say this is what I feel like happened. Because the thing is, the writers didn't fire Aunt Viv. So you have Aunt Viv, the first one, Janet. And Janet brings, you know, a lot of things to Aunt Viv. She makes her classy. She makes her look beautiful and professional. She gives her a, a nice, strong voice. And then season after season three happens, she's gone. They realize Aunt Viv, they don't want an outspoken actor like that. So how can you not make an actor outspoken in her role you diminish the role you you dial down the character so then you bring in a maxine a, D- a daphne maxine uh, what do i call a maxine for i'm thinking of maxine shaw attorney at law <laughs> <laughs> you bring in a daph a daphne maxwell reed type who is a great actress and a great part of ensemble but she is there to blend in she is there to give power to the star which is will smith and maybe james avery she's there to be like a tag along she's not her own character anymore they even dialed down the way she dressed because if you saw aunt viv she was always in something flashy and strapped and nice and like elegant and royal whereas the second aunt viv dressed nice but it was very expressionless you couldn't tell that it was her own it was like she just put on some clothes and that's kind of where you get the it's like it wasn't Daphne's fault it was just that the first on Viv was established and so well written that you can just tell the difference when she came in you definitely can but yeah it's funny that you said that because yeah my mother said the same thing and even then and you said the the dance because uh I saw the dance episode it had just came on like Nick and Nighter one of those uh, rerun channels and I was watching it and then I watched a YouTube video and she was talking about it. Jenna was talking about how, you know, the big like one, two step with her arms stretched out that everybody loves. Uh-huh. She was like, that was like the hardest move for her to get. Uh, but the choreographer, the dude in the red shirt who was in the, the show was apparently one of her friends and was like, girl, you know, you got this. And, sh- and she got down to it. And even Janet says, like, Vivian was so fierce. She was not just a, a school teacher. She was a professional woman. She looked good. She was smart. And she had kahongas. Did the other Aunt Viv even have a job? I don't think she did. <laughs> you know, was so funny. Okay, so I also was watching a different YouTube uh, uh, video on Comedy Hype, where they were talking about the differences on Aunt Viv's as well. And they sure enough did say, old girl was always dressing in suits, but she never went nowhere. No, I don't. <laughs> I thought that was fucked up, but that was funny. And again, if, if we're talking about the character, not the actress. Yeah, we like her. You know, Daphne Maxwell Reed is married to Tim Reed, who is Ray Campbell on Sister Sister, or you might know him as Hyde's father on that 70s show yes i know both shows so hey i mean they, they're, they're hollywood royalty but unfortunately she just not known as aunt viv royalty <laughs> yeah hubert was labeled 
uh, mad, difficult as a black actress, specifically a dark skinned black actress who because, you know, especially in the 90s, darker skinned actresses um, were just kind of getting out there, but they didn't always have big parts. So when they did have a part, it was very important for the representation of the black community. But when she got ripped away, it was like you just lost one of the few people who actually got on the screen. Having those words mad and difficult, being a Black woman attached to your reputation, being attached to you, are career killers. It's It's been proven. Just who you just brought up, Monique. Granted, Monique sometimes has some out there ideas, but as far as her being labeled difficult and not easy to work with all that was uh she she got buried into that that was not monique's fault just like this wasn't janet's fault okay and afterwards if you look how big uh will smith blew up if he said publicly that he didn't like someone in an interview or something like that and they've been let go from his hit tv show would you expect them to have like a big booming career or would they do what they did on Fresh Prince, which is toe the line, get the big star that you want and uh, fall to their demands? And even if you did like that actress, if you knew that they had a problem with somebody that you wanted to work with in the future, you were working with now or you had worked with, would you risk that business relationship by bringing her in or anybody else in for that matter who had a problem with him? Probably not. Yeah, Will Smith is such a big star, so I get it from that end. And he just has this likability to him where he's just like this big, doofy guy where Mm -hmm. if you're thinking, oh, if he doesn't like her, there has to be a reason. Yeah, and at the time, nobody was speaking bad about Will Smith. Like, people had issues, but this was the only public feud that Will Smith has had with somebody. Yeah. Janet, even, and, and as time passes, Janet... And even some of the co-stars kind of come out with details from behind the scenes and stuff. And Jenna even says that in the first couple of seasons that production or people in production would tell her in between takes to go to her dressing room because she wasn't laughing at Will's jokes. Um, In an interview with Sirius XM, Tatiana Ali, who played Ashley Banks, she states that while she was young and she was in school, it didn't see much of the outward problems that were rumored to be had uh, behind the scenes. She could sense there was tension sometimes on the set. And she says she remembers dressing room doors going from open to close. Um, I also listened to a... I, okay, I I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care what she has to say because she was a child, like... <laughs> I, I'm sorry I just don't <laughs> like I get it was her experience how she felt it but you're you're a child I feel like all of that is probably said to you mm-hmm. uh, in this other interview with um, viral hip-hop news Joseph Marcel who played Jeffrey Butler he said that he uh, loved and respected Janet Hubert but the show was called Fresh Prince and the top billing is Will Smith. That is how it was and how it should be. And that Janet couldn't deal with that. I see so, where he's coming from. You'd all fall in line, I guess. And that's what I'm saying. It sounds like it, it sounds like a casualty 
what it sounds like you had a lot of these agreeable stars who were okay with the role that they had or with the people that they were around. Cause you got to think about it. James Avery is the patriarch. He's, he's fine. He's good. He's a man most importantly, and he's going to probably see that he gets what he deserved as a veteran actor. You have Will Smith who is the star. He's the light who puts the show together. Then you got the lesser characters like Hillary, Ashley, and Carlton, who are ex- a little experienced actors, but they, they're not fully grown adults yet. So do they really have a full say on getting a lot of money yet? No, they can negotiate further down the line. All you have is Vivian, aka Janet Hubert, being the other um, adult figure in this because I'm not counting Jeffrey in this respect because he was more of a side character. He, even though he was main, he still wasn't main. Yeah. But then you, you have Janet who's trying to get what she's owed, and it seems like she's the only one who's not getting what she's owed. And on the back end, she's getting disrespected and she's not being defended. I don't know if you remember this, and it doesn't really have anything to do with <laughs> the Fresh Prince, but do you remember Nicki Minaj had a like movie out one time, a like documentary, and she's like, if I accepted the pickle juice, you know, I'd be drinking pickle juice right now. Like, you know, she's talked about if she accepted the way what people are going to give her in work, that's what she'll be doing. Like, she'd be getting crap, basically. Yeah, I don't remember her saying that, but I definitely remember her little documentary movie. Okay, yeah, it was hilarious. And I always think back about that. Like, you know, if you accept this, this is what you're going to get. And I feel like that's where Aunt Viv was trying to fight. Like, you know, she wanted Uh to raise. She probably deserved the raise, in my opinion. Uh And she wanted, she didn't want to be the star of the show, I don't feel like. She just wanted to get what she was due. Yeah, she wants the recognition. Everyone does. Uh Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I feel like every time they want to say it's not the Aunt Viv show, it's like, that's not what she's saying. She doesn't want to make it the Aunt Viv show. So this is also kind of setting a different scene for me as well. So you have Janet over here just trying to get what she's owed or what she feels she's owed based off the show she stayed with from the beginning and everybody else gets their contract signed and extended And whatever else they asked for, obviously, because nobody else was fired or recasted. Mm -hmm. But then years later, you have these people like Tatiana Ali, who can claim, like you said, innocence. She was a child. She doesn't remember much. And then you have uh, people like Joseph Marcel, a.k.a. Jeffrey, saying stuff like, "I I love and respect Janet Hubert, but this was Will's show and he's the star. So basically what he said goes, which basically puts a, a point in Janet's column because that's not how shit goes. I don't care if you're the top star or the show's based off you. That does not mean that you have end all be all over everybody's contracts, the way that they feel, the way that they interact and the way that they are as a person. Cause that's what it seems like. It seems like Will Smith was running the show and Janet didn't fit into the box that she wanted he wanted her to fit into and so when the time came for her to get her 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 new her new contract her new money her new her new whatever he flexed his muscles and she got the worst deal possible and it was either suck up and take it or leave and he got what he wanted either way she would have been there 
locked up, looking crazy with nobody else to work for but NBC, or she was ousted like she was. And unfortunately, her credibility ruined for about 20 something years. Yes. So I just thought that was crazy. It kind of paints. I like her co-stars, but a lot of them kind of show me that they were they were kind of followers, too. They were sheep. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I I agree with you. You know, he should not have all that power, but if he's the star and he doesn't want someone there, I feel like they kind of do have to toe that line. But it's all about the reasoning. Like, she not being your 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 number one man her your comedy partner some actors are just actors they're method actors i did that right there like they don't have to find you funny yeah i just think that it was just such a bad choice for production and the network to let him have that much power especially when it wasn't just about a show it became somebody's career yes but yeah so um and then uh, getting, I'm not fully into the reunion stuff. I'm getting there. But in the reunion for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Janet states that, she, okay, she stopped talking to people on the set because she was told that she was, quote, unquote, banished. And they said that Will, Will Smith, made the call that she was banished. And so she didn't know who she could trust. So she just stopped talking to everybody. She also was pregnant. And she was in what we didn't know was in a very abusive relationship. So she's kind of getting it from all sides. She feels like she was herself on set, but now they don't like who she is as herself. So then she's reining it back. Then because she's not catering exactly to Will's comedy style, she's kind of being told to go in the back or go into the dress room. You're kind of bringing the mood down or whatever. So then she stops talking to people, but then maybe she looks unapproachable and stuck up, but she just doesn't know what the hell to do because every time she makes a step, she ends up stepping in some shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But um, like we discussed, Janet Hubert is replaced by Daphne Maxwell-Reed. We talked about who she's married to. Um, the network went from a darker skin, professional wife and mother who could hold her own, but kind of take a joke to a lighter skin, more pliable. Uh, some could even say, even though I don't agree with this, palatable character who was less of a standout character, but who was made to blend in. She was furniture. And you know, we love that furniture word. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of was low furniture. She was a nice woman, but she wasn't, she wasn't, somebody who you were like that's my favorite character on tv oh yeah definitely yeah um yeah but i said she she's she's a good actress she's even she's good peoples she just stepped into a role that was already established by a great actor Uh and because uh will was the complete focus of the show especially after (laughs) season three because they got rid of her they can do (laughs) what they want they never amplified her or empowered her character they just had her in the background, had her as a side piece, you know, all that. And as a child, I didn't even watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It, 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 was, it wasn't even my show. I think it was just too, 
childish for me because I was still I was watching Friends and that 70s show and Will and Grace and Living Single and all those other shows at that time. I was like Fresh Prince. <laughs> but, he, but even then I was like, I'm Viv. The second one was my favorite. I don't know why I was saying that. Oh, I, I don't know. I was a child. But, you know, as time passes and then you actually watch some of the episodes of both sides, I think what I was saying was I'm Viv. OG is great in all her episodes, but my favorite episodes weren't Aunt Viv episodes. They were Will episodes, and the best Will episodes are during Daphne's time, at least for me, because I didn't like Will's character, Fresh Prince. I didn't like him the first couple seasons. He got on my nerves. I hated that hat shit that they did with the the fucking, the bill is all bended back. I hated that look. Yeah, I think that's the ugliest fucking look in the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> so all my stuff was at the end. So I think that's why I said that. But you know, time passes. You get older and wiser. Of course, OG is the better Viv. <laughs> I, I don't know why anybody would say that da- Daphne's version of Aunt Viv is better unless you're related to Daphne. <laughs> yeah, I don't even feel like Daphne would say hers was better. She was like, we played it in two different directions. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, you say that, girl. Mm-mm-mm, you right. <laughs> so fast forward dec- decades later, nothing has changed. Um, Will ain't really spoke about uh, Janet since. And Janet, if she has the chance, she will talk about the fact that, she, you know, bitches blackballed her, essentially. But the year's 2016. Will Smith was in the 2005 movie Concussion playing Nigerian doctor Bennett Amalu or Amulu. I hope I'm saying it right. I know I ain't, though. I'm trying. Um, Will Smith was nominated for a Golden Globe, but he was not nominated for Oscar. Uh, In fact, very little people of color this year or that I said this year, (laughs) a few years, if we be honest, (laughs) but very little people of color in 2016 were nominated for Oscars, which brought up the boycott and what uh, created the whole hashtag Oscar so white thing that was so popular when it got created. So Miss Janet was just waiting on them Smiths to fuck up. Because as soon as Jada and Will Smith had talked about how they were not going to the Oscars and they were boycotting it because of this. Uh, Janet woke the hell up and she did a video. Ooh. Um, and I think it's deleted. I had to find it on like a, a YouTube video that wasn't her account or something like that. I think it was either originally an old YouTube video or it was a Facebook video. Okay. But, so she's quoted as saying, and I'll, I'll read this whole thing as she quote, as she said it. First off, Miss Thing, does your man not have a mouth of his own of which to speak? And the second thing is, girlfriend, there is a lot of shit going on in the world that you all don't seem to recognize. People are dying. Our boys are being shot left and right. People are hungry. People are starving. People are trying to pay their bills. And you're talking about some motherfucking actors. Uh, <laughs> and Oscars, it just ain't that deep. Now she said more, but that was just the best quote of the whole thing. Okay, I see where she's coming from. And I don't as well. This is where she's coming from. Everything she said is absolutely correct, 100% right. 
but she also a hundred percent did that because it was Will Smith and Jada who said that shit. Yeah. So you can be right and wrong and a little personally um vengeful at the same time because she's right. It's like when and, you don't and, like someone as soon as they do something that pisses you off. Exactly. Yes, because it's like she is right. A lot of things were a lot of big shit was happening in 2016. And in the big scale of things, um, is diversity and inclusion especially when it comes to award shows you know that recognition is it important yes but in the grand scheme of the cultural and racial and political shit that was going on during that time it was very low on the totem pole i would say but she's wrong because there were other people who kind of deserved this fire, but she saved it specifically for Will Smith and Jada because of the history that she had for Will Smith. So I do not blame her because I'm known to be petty and shady when somebody I don't like does something. But I think something that she would not admit maybe at that time was that she did say that not only because she was right, but because uh, she didn't like Will and she wanted to say something publicly to trash him and his yes like she was trash which she was tra- she was screwed over so i understand that but yeah th- i definitely think that's what that quote was all about and, and she did kind of make up a, a good point which is jada and will smith only mentioned this because will smith wasn't nominated i don't know if they still boycott the oscars if nobody else of color was nominated like before but will smith I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because people, even though I didn't see the movie and even if I saw the movie, I still probably wouldn't think it deserved an Oscar. This was apparently supposed to be one of those award-winning movies for Will Smith. So maybe they were shocked that they didn't pull all the nominations that they thought they should. But I definitely don't see Jada and Will speaking out about other Black issues as much is what I'm saying. But they spoke out about this one and it kind of directly direct, directly affected them. Yes. So do they, I, I don't know, maybe I would have to look it up more about them speaking on uh, Black issues that haven't affected them, but I just thought it was a little side eye It It does give one a little pause to think about. Yeah, it. It, and it puts you like, yeah, maybe Janet was right to come at y'all because that is a little selfish, but they, everybody has a good and a bad point in their columns, both Janet and Jada and Will. Yes, the right thing is to stand up for people not being recognized, but is this 100% the only reason why you're doing it? <laughs> <laughs> Janet, yes, there's big shit going on in the world, but are you calling them out because you don't like them or because uh, there is big shit? Yeah. Oh. Even in that video, she kind of brings up something that apparently happened years ago on the set. Uh, she was talking about how the cast at one point was trying to get more money. I'm guessing this had to be either end of season one or season two because they had to do this when they realize it's a hit it can't happen right out the gate but and and this isn't even 100 confirmed this is just what janet's telling us but she said that uh the first couple years her and the cast tried to get a raise and they went up to will because he's the star of the show and said hey if you go up to the the people and ask for a raise or to to give us more money or whatever because you're the star of the show and because 
were a united front all doing it, they would be more inclined to do this. Because this is something I guess uh, she said the people and friends did. They wanted to get higher pay, so they all went as they a... They negotiate as a team, yes. Mm-hmm. And she said that apparently at that time, Will said, my deal is my deal and your deal is your deal. That, when I was doing my research for my two people, mm-hmm. I saw Ellen Pompeo try do that with Patrick Dempsey and he pretty much said the same thing. See, and that's why EP is up there and, and, and it's fuck Patrick Dempsey all day. <laughs> See, I, I knew I was right to come at him sideways. I, I just, just some about him. He, he His hair was too much. I knew he traded it in for evil, evil deeds. I knew it. <laughs> I just think you have way more bargaining power, which like you said, friends prove that when uh-huh. you go in as a team like you know if we don't get this pay as a team then we're gonna walk type of thing yeah and to the point where like a union at the end they all i mean granted it was popular so that's the reason why but at the end those motherfuckers was each getting paid a million an episode Mm -hmm. there were like 15 20 episodes in a season these motherfuckers is rich rich that's why you don't hear, you'll hear about all the friends having different problems, maybe going on different shows, or you won't hear from them at all. But you ain't heard of a friend star being broke. No, because they still make a lot off of royalties. Royalties and that they was get up, oh, they stacked. That's why they ain't had no black people on that show. <laughs> they want to give away that money. But yeah, and at the end of the video, she just says, and people are going to be like, Janet, Janet, this is you being bitter. Stop being bitter. And she says, bitches, please. It's not about being bitter. It's about being right. But it does paint her in that corner, you know. Mm-hmm. Now she's mad again. She's bitter again. She can mm-hmm. never really speak on it because then they're like, for one, it's been too long ago. Like, you know, why are you still bringing this up? Yeah, I don't think it's fair, though. But, yeah, I do see that. So, Janice said what she said. She roasted them to shreds. There was no response made uh, by the Smiths on her behalf of saying that about them. What could what could they say that wouldn't be either held against them or would just would be too vague? They couldn't say anything. I wouldn't say anything. So the only thing afterwards was 2016. In an interview, Will Smith, I think it was in the UK, Will Smith has asked which Aunt Viv was his favorite. Um, He says something very diplomatic, like um, he thought both of the Aunt Vivs were really fantastic. Says that, you know, Janet Hubert really brought like character to the, to Aunt Viv, you know, because she sings and she dances and all that and blah, blah, blah. So he was sounding very complimentary, complimentary, yes, complimentary towards her. But I know the truth. <laughs> and he's older now. He's not that kid anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of what people were saying. So 2020, we're, we're up ahead. 2020 would make the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air 30 years old. And after a few of the small Instagram reunions, because, you know, cast members would see themselves out. They would do dinner and you would see them on Instagram. I saw a couple of pictures like Will Smith, Tatiana, Alfonso, um, all of them, plus, you know, Karen Parsons, a.k.a. Hillary. Like, I saw a couple of reunion pictures, but there was nothing formal ever. Yeah. And so with it being the 30-year, 30 30-year, 30 um, what do you call it? Anniversary. anniversary. 
<laughs> with the being a 30 year anniversary and seven years prior beloved actor james avery had died which uh that's still that still hurts yeah uh who played uncle phil the cast wanted to do something big and you know big right in a good send-off so the reunion aired november 19 2020 um it was the first time that will smith and janet hubert would sit down and talk in about 26 27 years so wow that's such a long time to go by a long ass time and basically this is what i will say because this is the only big i I do want to watch the fresh prince of bel-air reunion but for this episode i didn't want to get lost in the nostalgia and all that so i only watched their interview and then i turned it off okay (laughs) but they got right right to the point you know they hugged it seemed very genuine they embraced you know, they talked about how good they looked, how much older and wiser they were. Um, but they got right down to business, which is Janet saying that she just wanted to know why Will Smith did what he did. She's just saying that she kind of she lost her career. Her reputation was trashed and she wanted to know why. And Will Smith just kind of says that, you know, he was young and that he thought everything was a threat to him. He's saying that. And she was like, well, how was I a threat? And she and he's saying, well, it wasn't you, but it was like kind of what you represented. Anybody who, I guess, seemed to not be on his wavelength or not to be feeling him, he thought was somebody who could go against him. And he wanted to kind of eliminate those threats. So that's kind of where it came in, because it seems like, yeah, everybody the obviously the network has the official go-ahead but it seems like uh will smith was the catalyst in what really got her out of there yeah you know uh even will smith before they have the interview he recognizes that she was pregnant season three and him at that time he was not sensitive nor was he perceptive during her pregnancy in the third season Uh, he said he can see how he made it difficult for janet on the set which is great for him to finally admit out loud. Cause I feel like she was fighting this fight publicly and privately for two decades, three decades, basically. And people are calling her crazy and people are saying that that's not true and that she was difficult and she is unlikable and she is bitter. And here's the man finally saying out of his own mouth that yeah, I wasn't completely right in how I treated her. Yeah, I did some fucked up shit. And I can see now as a man who has gotten older and had kids that I was not a mature man like I am today. Yeah, totally. So they have this conversation. They talk about how you know, he was a ham and maybe they just didn't get along, but she knew that he was destined for good things and that he was going to be a star and all this. And he talks about how of a great actress and person that she was and all this, but they kind of, you know, they, it's, it's a big elephant that her, her career was kind of ruined it was ruined it was it's a done. little bit too late honestly it doesn't and change anything exactly she has the apology and that's nice because that's what starts the healing like she said it begins healing but she also says words can kill 
She said, calling a black woman difficult in Hollywood is the kiss of death. And that is 100% true. And I'm so glad that she said that sentence to his face and on camera so it can be conveyed not only to Will Smith, but to people around the world that words mean things, words have power behind them. Yeah. And, you, and you just thinking that something is a throwaway comment is could be a sticking point for somebody said it's hard enough being a dark-skinned black woman in this business but i felt that it was necessary for us to finally move forward and i'm sorry i have blasted you to pieces that was the funniest thing ever because i kept <laughs> thinking about the miss thing does your husband not have a mouth for which he can speak <laughs> <laughs> calling them all such uh, babies and all this other stuff and talking about his accent and concussion and stuff so i love that it's like i am so sorry i blasted you to pieces because she was talking that shit but she didn't, you know, she didn't apologize for what she said. She's sorry, I just blasted you. <laughs> but um, it, it's ended with a hug, you know, and that they're, they're going to move on. And he goes back to the, the main cast and says, you know, I, I talked to, to Janet and he shows them the interview. But then uh, says, Janet wanted to know if it's OK if, if you guys wanted to see her. And then Janet comes in. And sees the rest of the cast minus Alfonso Ribeiro. And it's just so sweet, the hugs and everything when her, because apparently Janet and Daphne had never met in all these years, even though they played the same characters and they are both Hollywood actresses, they had never met. So just seeing them embrace and hug, it was so sweet. And her hugged the other kids and Jeffrey and everything. And it was just, Why wasn't Alfonso there? Did he not want to meet her? So here's yeah. what, so we're kind of at the end, but I did want to bring in this little tidbit because I'm not really feeling Alfonso right now. Um, so Alfonso was apparently there for all the rest of the reunion, except for the day where Janet was a part of it and they were going to do the pictures and all that shit. He wasn't a part of that. And the reason why was um, he was working uh, specifically on America's Funniest Home Videos. Now, on Twitter, uh, because like I said, he brought her into the, the main room to hug all the cast members. Somebody on Twitter had mentioned uh, something like, don't think I didn't notice that Alfonso wasn't there or blah, 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 blah. And she comments, Janet, on Twitter and says, he was working, something, something, don't bring up anything. Uh, move on, we have. Something like, you know, don't try to make an issue out of nothing he we're we're moving on nothing's wrong okay but then sometime later she was on a radio show called Roz and mocha and she threw a little shade they were talking about the whole will smith thing and her getting her you know her apology and all that and she mentioned like will wasn't the one who most who had spoke uh, uh disparagingly about me a lot it was more so alfonso and she said she was basically saying like out of anybody Alfonso was the one who probably talked about me the most disparagingly um and that he wasn't at the reunion so she didn't see him because he had to shoot America's Funniest Home Videos which I haven't watched since he took over (laughs) I never watched first of all I used to love America's Funniest Home Videos um but we all know the best host is Tom Bergeron it's it's not Alfonso. It's not Bob Saget. It's Tom. He's he's the best one. 
But anyway, I was like, yeah, Jen's being shady. And maybe it's a little unwarranted, but something just told me that this isn't like completely out of nowhere because everybody made it to their reunion all the days that they needed to, including the Janet day. And you're telling me that the one time, the one day, the one hour that Janet's is supposed to be on set and integrate with the cast, Alfonso couldn't be there because he had to shoot America's Funniest Home Videos, and he couldn't spare like an hour or two. It's nah. definitely fishy. Is that especially when he was in all like I said those little mini Instagram reunions, like and all the little they had dinner, they saw each other out on the road. He's in all of them, but you couldn't make it to the one she showed up in. I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, and then this come, and then I'm just thinking about how he was recently in the last what week or two making those comments about how the black community doesn't accept him or support him and all that. When it's like, what does Alfonso Ribeiro do for the black community? What does he do to show that he wants support in the black? He ain't in nothing that black people that predominantly black people watch or do. So I don't know. I, I just thought, well, hmm, it seems like you got issues with black people as a whole. So I could see you having issues with Janet. Interesting. But anyway, that was just a small tidbit of how I thought about Alfonso. That really wasn't really that relevant. Um, where we are now, um, it's great that Janet has gotten her apology and people have recognized that Janet was wronged. Unfortunately, like you said before, it does not bring her career back. It does not give her those 30 or those 26, 27 years that she lost of real good work and not just that uh, reoccurring or guest star stuff that she she had been doing up until then. Yeah, because she pops up here and there, but it's just like for a little arc of episodes. I don't think she's ever been like a serious regular. Mm-hmm. And even, and I'm looking at her filmography, even her arc episodes are very short and there there's a lot of dates in between them. Um, since then, her work has been picking up, you know, I'm in, I think that's great. She was in Pose. She's also um, the Malia Jackson story, but that's in post-production. And I heard she's going to have a couple of guest star uh, episodes on The Last OG, which is the Tracy Morgan, Tiffany Haddish show. So it's like she's finally starting to get back up there and, you know, be on our screens. But she definitely got robbed in her career because of immature antics and male egos and politics i think all three people we have discussed today it's more behind the scenes like the other people we talk about you know the viewers don't really want to see them on screen but this one's more people behind the scenes that want to work with them mm-hmm. and because if she pops up i feel like people will be happy I, anytime i've seen her pop up in an episode of something i'm watching it's like oh my god there she is yeah especially now that the opinion I mean, some people still have their she's a mad black woman opinion. She's bitter opinion. Yeah, but that's going to stick. Exactly. But a lot of the tide has changed now that her name has been cleared and that Will Smith actually admitted to having a big part in her 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 ship being sank. And, and I will say this one quote that he did say that I did appreciate, which is I could not do a 30 year celebration of this show and not celebrate you 
and celebrate your contribution to the show and celebrate your contribution to my life. So I did appreciate that. But like you said, um, things don't words heal. They just don't rewind. But if that's what she needed to uh, finally forgive Will Smith and for her to actually have um, closure, I'm all for it. Yes. Um, do you have anything else to add about Miss Janet? Um, no, I think this, I think I kind of said most of my opinions. <laughs> Alrighty, we do like to end every episode with some form of media that we relate to, that we like, that we want to talk about, that we want to recommend. Do you want to do first? Huh? Do you want to do first? No. Do I need to? I'll go no. first. Okay. I guess I will lead the show like always. Oh, go um, ahead. <laughs> so my media is actually going to be a little different today. It's always a little different because oh. I, I am always reinventing myself. Jeez. No, um, <laughs> My media is actually going to be about a TV personality, shall we say. And okay. I've mentioned her before. Mine is going to be Nancy Grace. And (laughs) I know a lot of people have their opinions about her, but I was thinking back about it. And Nancy Grace has really been the one who like got me really interested in true crime, got me interested in like celebrity drama. Cause she would report on that stuff too, back when she had her show on HLN. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Okay. So back in the day when I was still living with my mom, like I was a teenager, um, I was probably, I want to say 14, 15. My mom had a friend named Kim who stayed with us for a little bit. And I don't know where my mom was at because she's not in my memory. But (laughs) me and Kim would always watch Nancy Grace and like, we just loved it so much. And I always think about that, um, Nancy Grace. And I think of Kim and I think of my mom sometimes too. But she, Nancy Grace got me into all that. I remember... Balloon Boy, he was a big one. I that's what makes me think of Kim because I remember like coming home and Kim's like, Oh my god, did you hear about Balloon Boy? And I'm like, Oh my god, no, who's that? Mm, <laughs> like Nancy yeah. Grace is covering it. And she's covered so much. And I still listen to her podcast now. I was just listening to it the other day. And I think a huge part of me doing this podcast is, you know, being like looking up to Nancy Grace. Oh, and here I thought I was inspiration. <laughs> You're not an inspiration. <laughs> well, you ain't no Jessica Lang. <laughs> <laughs> That's my quote. Okay. I know. That's an inside joke. <laughs> um, do you want to go? Are okay. you ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Okay. I don't think I've named this one. I think I've talked about how I like it, but I don't know if I've made this a media. I okay. hope I didn't. Uh, my media today is the Truman Show. Never seen and it. I think I think I'm gonna do actually the Truman Show and Ed TV. Right? Okay. So here's never the thing. seen either one. The true. <sighs> what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't expect like, I almost know what the anybody to is. see Ed TV. That's a special one. But you ain't seen the Truman Show. No, I can't say I have. Truman Show is such a good one. And I'm not even a, I like to see Jim Carrey not be funny all the time person. I like to see him funny, but this is just such a good role and such a good 
plot. So Truman Show is a comedy, isn't it? Yes, comedy. S. It's not a hundred percent comedic all the way through. Um, but it's basically Truman Show is about uh, Jim Carrey being Truman. And from the time he was born, he's been on camera. He's a reality TV show of sorts. They have a, a channel, a network that is his life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't get cut off. Um, and they've been doing that since he was born, you know. And it basically the plot is about how, you know, it goes from him being a regular guy and his life is being documented without his knowledge. All these people coming in and out of his life, but they're being controlled by a network. And then him eventually putting the pieces together through stuff happening in the, uh, the following days and him kind of figuring out, uh-uh, shit's not right. What the fuck is going on? As well as pieces coming back to uh, kind of aid him from the past. And it's just, it's it's a great performance by Jim Carrey. Uh, it really makes you think, I swear on everything, there was a point in my life, maybe before I graduated high school, that I thought, am I being videotaped? <laughs> and then I stopped picking my nose publicly, for real, for real. I was like, you can't see me. <laughs> but it, it's such a good, it's such a good movie. Uh, Jim Carrey is still funny, but it is very serious at the same time. And you're rooting for him. But it's like, God damn, how the hell did he not know this was a show? And it's just crazy to see how it works out. And I really do love it. I really love Jim Carrey. If I'm not selling it, then you got to watch it because it's it's better than what I'm saying. Interesting. <laughs> and then Ed TV is kind of the wacky counterpart to, to the Truman Show. Not that serious, but uh, same respect. Except for Ed TV is uh, has Matthew McConaughey in it, um, Woody Harrelson, Ellen, and Jenna Elfman. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> not Pompeo. Not Pompeo. Not EP. Not my girl. <laughs> okay. um, Ed TV is basically about Ed being a regular guy, you know, regular job. Not maybe not making as much, but he gets an offer. Because he's, he's Matthew McConaughey, so he's looked up as handsome. But I swear on everything, I watch Ed TV. Matthew McConaughey is not that handsome in this in this movie, but whatever. Um, and they offer him uh, a lot of money to record his life and his family. And then it just spirals out of control, um, him losing friendships, him use, losing relationships, his family being exposed for everybody to see. Ellen is the, the neck network executive who gets them into this and it's funny just to see how it unfolds all the secrets that come out and how eventually he gets them to stop videotaping him but yeah i just really like those two movies they're very good uh ed tv is probably a little bit more funnier uh, where the truman show starts to get a little bit more serious but they're very good movies to me very interesting i probably won't watch either one of those but you listeners should well, goddamn, they ain't gonna watch it if you ain't gonna watch it. I'm such a trendsetter. Um, know, right? That's why every time you start watching Nancy Gray, I said Nancy Gray, <laughs> Nancy Grace, you just start to close your eyes and then you wake up with a blonde wig on your face. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Where we do have to end this episode now. If you want to reach out to us and send us your media, because it is the hardest part. We're always like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Um, Err, I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah. 
um, send us an email at saveyoursorry at gmail.com. It's spelled just like the podcast. If you want to keep up on our most recent episodes, we do post every time on Instagram. Katrina posts on there. And that is Save Your Sorry on Instagram. Just spelled like the podcast. Because we're regular. <laughs> if you want to watch me retweet stuff, well, not watch me, but if you want to... <laughs> On Twitter, if you want to see what I'm retweeting, sometimes I tweet recent things, things about the podcast. That is Save Your Sorry on Twitter, but the your is spelled you are. If you want to send us a dollar or two, our cash app is Save Your Sorry, spelled just like the podcast. So dollar sign, Save Your Sorry. And leave us a review. We love when you guys re- leave us reviews. We read it to each other and tell how much you guys love us. Yes. <laughs> we try to guess which one's your favorite. And I know, I know it's me. Yeah. So you don't have to say anything. Just say Jose favorites. We all know. <laughs> Team Jose. Um, so please leave us reviews. Please reach out to us. We really do like it. We Hopefully we reach back. If we see it, we try to. Yeah, you know, some things escape us in old age. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And if I guess if you don't want to be canceled, just don't be hard to work with. Thanks. That's what I'm saying. Bye.